good morning. Welcome to The Old School, a podcast about the American education system, some of the quirky natures of it, traits, idiosyncrasies, problems, and possible solutions insofar as we know the solutions. Good morning, Herr Dr. Bourgeois. Good morning, Herr Miller. It's good to talk to you today. It feels like we haven't done this in a while. I think we were on a little hiatus, which is strange because we haven't even done this in a full year yet, but uh, a hiatus is what we had. So okay, um, and here we are back again. Um, yes. And um, you're, you're back in teaching and in school and into the, do we call them the dog days yet of the, of the school year? Uh, we're starting to approach it. Yes. Um, but uh, yes, the boys are back in town and we're trying to make our way through it and <laughs> This is the this is the time of year, at least in my subject, when the students have had their first crack at an essay and they start to realize that studying for a multiple choice test is not the same as studying for an essay. And um, even the best of students can sometimes walk out of the class with their heads shaking, just not sure what just happened. But uh, but this too will pass. They'll get around to it. They'll come they will. And, and you'll, you'll tell it to them straight. Yes. There's no sense sugarcoating this one. <laughs> I know how much you love those conversations. <laughs> well, it's not, that I love, it's not that I love the conversations, because that suggests I love the uh, trials and tribulations associated with it. But I do find the instructive nature in those trials and tribulations. And so there you go. It feels like there are stages of grief or something that a student goes through when they and get that first grade from you. You know, maybe there's <laughs> the denial, they, well, anger. Uh, <laughs> eventually, there's acquiescence, or they start nodding. You know, there's the negotiating stage. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Is there any way I can uh, maybe add a few points to this? You know, maybe do an extra credit or something. <laughs> Can I go buy you a Coke or something? <laughs> uh, strangely enough, that used to work for me. But uh, I had a, a Coke? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a Coke machine. And I think we could tie that to a grade. Um, realistically, it shows extra effort. It does show extra effort. I'd prefer cash. But um, but no, usually the students will ask, you know, can I do like a little extra research project or something like that? Or <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I don't <laughs> I don't need more stuff to grade. No, you know, figure stuff out in the, in the, you know, the structure that I've created for you, the, as the French say, uh, the cadre. Um, so, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. Um, so where are we heading today here, Miller? You, you have something on your mind. I can tell. Yes, uh, we do have something on our minds. Um, and that is, Okay, so there's two kinds of policies that exist within the school. There is that policy which is directly connected to instruction, and that has to do with what teachers are responsible for, what students are responsible for, part and parcel of the curriculum, scope and sequence, things of that nature. And then there are those things that are part of what someone might refer to as the hidden curriculum, you know, things that are relative to kind of social structure in the school in an attempt to try to create an atmosphere that's the most conducive to learning, okay? So now traditionally in the United States, and according to the Supreme Court, there have been certain rulings passed down to suggest that students have a reduced expectation of rights and freedoms. They can't just do whatever they want, you know? And in conjunction with that, there's the idea that part of the responsibility or part of the objective of school 
is to prepare students for the demands and things of that nature outside of school. And that can be heavily debated as well. But we come to dress code. Dress code. Dress code. And so there, there are two ways to look at, there's two ways to kind of discuss dress code. First of all, from the kind of uh, binary idea of either having uniforms or not having uniforms. And then the second, if you're going, if you're in a public school and there is no uniforms, the question is uh, what should dress codes look like for a public high school? I'm wondering, have you had any experience in a school where uniforms were required? Um, uh, As an executive, there there were different types of school models and, and some, included um, uniforms uh, most didn't but but there was a, a classical model that that used uniforms a, a pretty straightforward you know with a polo shirt and khakis uh, but, mm. but that you know with maybe a logo so it was a all-out uniform it wasn't something where you can just wear jeans and something um yeah so th- so that, that that you know as far as the enforcement um my impression was that you know most parents liked it because it simplified their lives um sure is there in in your experience yeah and the 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 time that you've interacted with schools that have this do you think that there is a pedagogical justification for uniforms or is this just about some sort of social engineering to make everyone basically feel the same uh, kind of a, uh, a nod to the parents to make their lives a little bit easier, as you suggested, or is there, do you think that there is something from, you know, from the research that suggests that this has an effect on how kids learn, how well they learn that sort of thing? I think that there are a lot of distractions in a, in a, in a school and, um, you know, something about getting, you know, deciding what to wear. It does assert your independence in your personality um so i'm you know i'm i don't really have a, a strong opinion on you know the the overall effect back in the 90s when people were wearing gang colors and and that was a a big deal a, a uniform was a, a pretty quick fix because you kind of took a lot of things off the table and, and mm-hmm. so it seemed heavy-handed at the time but i could understand it in that context um, but I tend to to lean to to giving students choice. I think that um, you know when you're in school, you're defining who you are, and that's one of the outcomes of uh, education as well. So I, I tend towards leniency. I know you you can cite Tinker versus Des Moines and that and that idea of the yes. distraction, and and it's a pretty high standard. Uh, what are the words? Um, substantial and yes, yeah. So, so I, I can't say that um, dress uh, is a distraction for the most part, but but some parents are sending their kids to school that that you know break the dress code and they know it. Right. So, so I've not been in a a situation as an administrator where I've personally had to send somebody home, um, and and that you know I, I don't envy someone doing that because it's it, it's a tough conversation. It's a tough conversation and it runs afoul of kind of like a current idea. And that is, and you kind of broached it uh, briefly talking about the notion of uh, expression, uh, kind of kind of identity, you know, how one sees oneself, how one sees themselves in comparison to other folks. Um, There's a lot that goes into 
what people decide to dress with regards to high school. And a lot of those decisions are things that 20 years later are seen as ridiculous. And, you know, even by the person who did it, they'll say, well, I don't know what I was thinking then. I, was, I had these notions of, you know, being different. Um, but the question, so, so this was, this is what makes the question harder. If you're going to have a dress code, there is really only one arena in which people start to have some sort of uniformity of idea, uniformity of, of belief. And that's when dress code starts to cross boundaries as it relates to either, you know, you know what is deemed to be too sexy or too revealing or too whatever, whatever the word you want to use there, or clothes that promote an idea that runs counter to what the school wants you to to promote if you're going to promote anything uh which of the i mean i have an idea but which of those two do you think are more problematic though well, I, I would guess um that that um girls uh, the dress code um violations and questions and issues and controversies tend to um, center on, on, on their choices. Um, and, 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 you know, probably African-American uh, girls, particularly with, 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 there's just some, you know, as far as hair and, and some of the requirements, um, and, and there's some cultural aspects uh, to, to the way individuals dress. So I think that you probably find fewer um, instances with, with, with boys, you know, the, the most common is probably pull up your jeans, you know, that, right. that type of thing. And so, I mean, you don't talk about the boys as terms of, Oh, they're dressing too sexy. You know, this is right. a girl thing uh, right. where the two of us are really uncomfortable and exactly you know, we, we see something in our classroom. Uh, we're inclined to, definitely look the other way in, in all meanings of that right? because we don't want to go there. Well, and this is where some people bring up what they consider to be kind of an inherent unfairness about dress codes in general is that it seems to overly apply to and is overly punitive against young women. Mm -hmm. um, now you can make now the kind of the opposite opinion of that is that, you know, the, the fashion the fashion has never been from the male point of view about dress that is overly provocative. As you say, the, the, the worst part of it is the yahoos 20 years ago that used to have their pants go down to, you know, it seemed like it, it was going lower and lower every day. And you were sitting there telling kids, pull your pants up. What's wrong with you? You know, and you feel like an old man saying it, but you can't help it. Pull your, you know, how's that even comfortable to walk around with your pants halfway down? I don't understand that, you know, um, and so there's, that's really the only thing I can think of where that application went towards young men. Inevitably, it is primarily directed at young women. And again, it's a question of fashion. It's a question of style of what's popular at that particular moment. However, the reason why I wanted to bring it up and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because last year, in our particular area, uh, there was a general kind of, as you say, kind of, a, you know, in all sense of the words, kind of a looking away with regards to dress code because of all the other issues that were prevalent last year, all the other things that had to be worked through. No one wanted to spend time messing with dress code. And so dress code simply was not enforced. 
And no one has really reinstituted that. And so what you have is you have, a well, you have what teenagers will do. They will push the envelope, you know? And so if, if there is no overriding guidelines about what you can and cannot wear, then you start getting some pretty creative ideas from young students about what they wear. And it doesn't affect the, the women teachers as much, even though they're the ones we always see in the news, <laughs> but it's, it has to do with, it has to do with the, uh, the, the male teachers because the male teachers are in a very potentially dangerous situation. When you have young kids dressed incredibly provocatively in a classroom it doesn't take much where a young male teacher or any male teacher finds himself potentially in a bit of hot water because of what's perceived by the student. And so I'm wondering what the answer is. What, I mean, because this doesn't seem, this doesn't seem tenable. We had a former boss, you remember her, uh, her guidelines, no boobs, butts, or bellies. Oh my gosh. And that's all we're getting right now. I'll tell you from the front lines, that's all we're getting right now. Now, again, it's not the vast majority of students, but it's definitely a cadre of kiddos that have embraced the notion of showing as much boobs, butts, and bellies as you can get. And so the question is, how do you, how do you deal with that? I'm glad at this stage in life, I don't have to deal with this. It's lethal at the moment. Um, how, I mean, how you define that material and substantial distraction uh, is, is really what we're talking about. And is that, or is it not? Um, you know, we've been in education for a long time and we've seen fashion I mean, we, heck we went to high school in the seventies, at least I did yes. probably in the early eighties. <laughs> Um, and, and things were quite different then too, you know, and it, so if it's distracting, it, it's, it's, I hate the idea of a male teacher or any teacher having to make that judgment, right. You know, send somebody to the office and, and what happens if the administrator says, oh, they're fine. And then they go back in and um, now you're the problem. That's right. And that, that's why the first time, it's, first time someone told me, we want you to, you know, if you see someone dressed inappropriately you know, you need to deal with that. I'm not, I'm not talking about any of this stuff. I'm, I'm not pointing a kid out. I'm not pulling a kid out in the hallway. I'm not having this discussion. There's no way in hell that I'm going to be talking to a young girl about how she's dressed. Now I may, I, I may have a, a female colleague of mine flag that kid down later, but I sure as hell ain't going to have that conversation with a young woman. Well, you can bring her in the hall and have her put her hands at the side and see, you know, where the <laughs> where the skin starts or something like that. That's, um, yeah, we from don't want to. That's from the fifties. Um, but I, I do believe that you and I have had to enforce a dress code together. Yes. Um, and and this was our our trip to Germany. Yes. Uh, every time, you know, and and I, you know, took over an, an exchange program that started in the nineteen sixties. Hmm. And so we have pictures of, you know, in 1960 traveling, you know, Americans traveling to Germany and they look like they were 30, 35 years old. The kids look so mature <laughs> back then. But, but part of it had to do with their attire. I mean, the, 
the boys are wearing suits and the girls are wearing dresses and then they're wearing their finest on a on a plane and that um policy you know continued you know and when i took over the pr- program i kept that policy you know through the 90s when you and all you and i were taking students we took four or five or six groups together mm-hmm. uh we we said that the boys had to wear a blazer i don't know if we required a tie i think we probably did i don't remember but definitely a blazer and definitely blazer yeah and the girls would wear a dress uh or something professional looking i don't think we said a dress right right um and and so we 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 had to uh fight that one because you know we we did get pushback you know even mm-hmm. from from parents and and so it's not like we had to rehearse our answer we had to give our answer right there mm-hmm. and so let, let me put you on the spot and imagine i'm a parent um of, of a girl and say well my my kid uh, is gonna wear sweats and, and be casual on this flight and, and what's your answer well thank you for your interest in the program <laughs> and uh and uh, i hope to, uh good luck to you you know so <laughs> you're gonna kick them out in their two thousand three thousand yeah, dollars and the poor german the pro- on the other side has no guests suddenly yeah but here, here here's the issue and and this is why the conversation cannot be right before the trip if you're going to have this if you're going to have this argument let's have it right up front. And it's one of the reasons why we talked about it the very first meeting. Oh, we did. I know. I know. The very beginning where there might've been a chance that they get their, get their money back. Because, you know, if you're going to have an issue over something as small as simply wearing professional dress on the flight, there's no telling what kind of crap you're going to have to deal with when you're in Germany. And you just don't have time for that. And you don't, it's just not the place to sit there and have showdowns with kids is when you have a group, a group of kids in Germany. And so then, and here's the other issue, you know, it's not just the idea of their objection to wearing professional dress. I think on some level, they don't know what professional dress is. I mean, how many times have you seen a kid show up in quote unquote presentation dress and it looks like they're they're going to the club (laughs) because there is a lack of understanding about the differentiation between dressing up to go out dressing up in a professional capacity dressing up and you know however going to a funeral who knows but i mean there just seems to be a general lack of knowledge about inappropriate dress now that said there's a lot of people that are suggesting that notions of appropriate dress and professional dress are already going out the window i can't believe that's long term but it's going to be hard to bring it back you know, when people have been working in their pajamas for the last two years, you know, uh, you know, doing mid mid morning martini breaks and what have you. I mean, th- these folks are not ready for the for an open society. You know, <laughs> they're going to have to get re uh, reacclimatized, as it were. But you know, the notion of dress it is a fight that teachers. Well, we had to deal with it. You know, because <clears throat> we're there by ourselves and we have to we have things that we expect the students to do, we're kind of forced to deal with it. But in a high school setting, I'm not, I'm just not touching it. I'm going to the other side of the classroom and I'm not going near the kid, you know, because I just, I don't want the, I don't want the possibility of implication of impropriety or what have you. So pretty much we're, we're ducking the problem, you know, to, to some extent, but and well, yeah. we're not a vice principal or a principal having to, you know, send the kid home or put a t-shirt on them or, or, or something like, like that. 
um, you know, the, the, the Germany thing is kind of an anomaly. And I, I do think that the Germans wondered who are these people coming <laughs> to us because they were wearing pajamas and whatever else is and, yeah. you know, and, and coming out, you know, definitely in um, looking not in their most professional attire. So we were kind of a throwback. And yeah. <laughs> they're probably thinking, is this, <laughs> is this how Americans dress? <laughs> well, you know, the thing was, is that, you know, I had one parent that said, is it, is it okay if she goes on the plane in a professional dress and then changes into sweats for the flight and then puts it back on before she lands? I was like, at that point, it's a costume. It's not a dress. I mean, you're just you're 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 pretending to be something. the The point of the matter is, and this is not something that we did not do. We we dressed up as well. You both, you and I, we wore yeah. we were we wore jackets and ties and what slacks or what have you. So it's not like we're asking kids to do something you know that we uh, we wouldn't do ourselves. But I think the idea of trying to make it either about personal freedom or comfort, you know, or or just turning it in, turning the concept of it into a costume thing. I think those are the problems we ran into in the exchanges. In the high school, it's a different matter. In the high school, it's it's Katie bar the door. I mean, the kind of stuff that kids are walking into school nowadays wearing, it would shock you. No, I'm, I'm not easily shocked. Maybe you wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. But um we we don't have to make those decisions, and and I think from the perspective of a vice principal, they're very careful now because of the political climate mm. as well. And so most likely the students, you know, sense that. And 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 you're right; they they can push the boundaries and uh, without a lot of pushback. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, it does fall to the principals and the vice principals. I mean, as onerous of a responsibility as this is. And as a potential minefield that this is, the individual teacher does not have the clout to do it. They don't have the protection to do it. They don't, they, there's nothing about a teacher's responsibilities, rights, and privileges that allow them to easily have these kind of conversations. That's why you just tell the principal or the vice principal the name of the kid, if you know it. I mean, the worst, most egregious examples of dress code violations I see when I'm just in the hallway. Yeah. And you got kids you just have no idea of. But again, I, I'm not talking to them about it. Well, the, uh, a dress code also, I mean, it's an appearance code. So it has to do with grooming and hair and so forth. Um, you know, I think hair length is maybe something that we used to have to deal with occasionally. Mm -hmm. I think that's becoming less of a distraction and a very difficult one to address. Or, or what about colored hair? You know, mm -hmm. is that a material, uh, substantial distraction mm -hmm. if somebody has pink hair? Um, it, it's right. maybe silly, but I, I I think that clothing is probably the more um, more interesting and controversial right now. I mean, is there anything with other elements of appearance besides dress right now? I mean, it, as far as appearance goes, I mean, yeah, there's no discussion about about uh, hair or anything of that nature. There used to be, of course. Um, thing about hats and I'm actually still kind of one of the holdovers. I don't like kids wear hats in my class. You know, I just, you're the only one left. I mean, maybe I am. <laughs> I don't know. You're Take right. your hat off. What's wrong with you? Where do you think you are? You know? So, um, and, and I, and I know I'm not that far off because when kids react to me, it's not like they're reacting as if they've never heard an adult say, take your hat off before. So they know that there's this idea 
that some people don't like hats. So maybe it's more than just me talking about it. But the thing that the thing that fills particularly male teachers with dread has, has to do with dress code and has to do it. And the question then is, if, if we're right now in 2021 at a point where no one wants to talk about it, where no one wants to broach it, where are we five years from now? Where are we 10 years from now? And again, it should be noted that we're not talking about a majority of the kiddos. We're talking about a very small select group. However, the fashion of the day, the fashion of you know what's considered popular today goes in a direction that causes potential problems. And you know, maybe, maybe we run into a new, well, you know, the 80s was a reaction to the 70s. You know, the 70s, you had all kind of crazy things going on. And then the 80s was kind of like a, a kind of a reaction to that where people were, you know, <clears throat> dressed, you know, like nuns and monks and you know what have you. But I don't know if we're heading in that direction, but it's but I wonder what direction do you see this going? Well, if we jump back to the to the seventies, when I was in high school, that uh, they even had rules about smoking. You know, yeah. back outside of the back of the, the building, you would see teachers and students together. You know, <laughs> it was it was approved, I and mean, that's what they did. And um, and I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know, students were treated more as adults back then, and right. they they could make make their decisions. So uh, it, it's it's difficult to trace the trajectory of something like this i think more importantly what what do your colleagues think because it, I, I imagine that this is not just a hair miller question the how do i deal with this but you have have you spoken with anybody else maybe for example your female colleagues my female colleagues are shocked at the brazen nature of what some people are doing my male colleagues are nervous you know in the same way that that I'm nervous. Now, someone who's not familiar with education and the, you know, how education kind of goes, they may question why someone would be nervous if they have no ill intent. But that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, you not having ill intent doesn't protect you one iota from accusations, insinuations, implications, you know, what have you. And so for a lot of male teachers who, uh, who want to be able to simply concentrate on what they're doing. And for, I've even heard students, female students talk about the fact that it seems like it clutters the atmosphere when you have folks dressed in a way that most reasonable individuals would suggest is inappropriate. I've even had students <laughs> kind of complain about the nature of it. And so I wonder if there's going to be a pushback. I wonder if, Worse yet, it gets worse, you know, in the coming years. I don't know, but it's certainly not just me. Okay. Well, the, I think we mentioned earlier about, about the political climate today. I think it's a, a difficult question to make any ground uh, right now. You know, I mean, yes. There's so many other things, but, but you're, you're talking about a distraction, you know, of teachers, particularly it sounds like, but then other, other students, you know, for a teacher, say a male teacher to notice something they have to look at it right which is something you know we we try not to do anyway right. yes so it's just it, it's more or less a, a catch-22 um but I, I again i don't i don't envy you in in that situation uh, i also think there are way more important 
uh, issues than, than Dresco what's happening in, in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's maybe it's a symptom of something else. Do you think, and you're right, this uh, uh, in the grand scheme of things, we have much bigger fish to fry. Right. But I'm wondering, this does speak to what is the purpose of school, or this is part of the conversation about what the purpose of school is. Do you think that there is an element to the to the stated goal and hidden goal of education to somehow spend some time regulating or modeling this idea about what is appropriate as dress or what have you? I think at some level we're, we're teaching students to, to follow rules, to, to fall in line. Um, so, so uh, you know, to, to some extent, you know, but I'm, I mean, thinking about our own, our own kids, say my daughter going to school, we we'll, we'll stop her occasionally on, on the way out and say, you can't wear that. Mm. Um, but that, you know, and in some ways that, that should be a, a parent's role. Right. Um, but, but I mean, the, the students are, you know, in public with other people. So I think they are, they do learn from, from, from all of this. Um, and ideally, you know, most students just want to blend in. And right. if what you're saying is so prevalent then blending in means leaning on the side of being more provocative than it was, you know, in, in a previous generation, I guess. Right. Right. Well, uh, this is going to be a series of discussions that we're going to have that touches on kind of non directly non pedagogical elements. You know, uh, as I said, the Supreme court has said on many occasions that there's a reduced expectation of rights and, you know, and there's a couple of areas that we can touch on that kind of focus on this, but uh, certainly dress code is something that's kind of, well, it's, it's, it's talked about the most, I think, as far as non-direct education matters. Um, it's certainly what's talked about, not the most, but certainly it's talked about among colleagues, you know, and it's a concern, you know, and, I, and like you said, it's not the biggest concern, but uh, it's something out there that's a potential challenge or difficulty or danger for teachers. Definitely an interesting topic on, you know, with respect to the First Amendment and how you don't check, you don't check all your, your rights, you know, at the schoolhouse doors um, and, and, and free expression so that, you know, both sides are, are really fascinating. And, and this is where we'd, I'd love to hear some, some other, other voices, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're coming from a little paranoia because we, we don't want to have to have that <laughs> difficult conversation. <laughs> We'd rather do about anything else. Um, but I, you know, I, I agree. Other, other topics around this you know, idea, mm. uh, it's, you know, in, in some ways, you know, I mean, let's face it, his, teaching history, history is boring, right? Uh, sorry. What? I'm sorry. Well, say? yeah, I mean, just who wants to names and dates and all that stuff. I mean, um, how do you get through a day here, Miller, teaching history? I get through the day on a cloud of joy, enlightenment, <laughs> and uh, wonder every day as I sit and try to discover something new. I don't know what kind of cloistered, depressive <laughs> atmosphere you work in, sir. Well, uh, but for me, you know, I'm in a constant state of the search of enlightenment, not unlike Buddha. Buddha, for example, You're comparing yeah. yourself to Buddha. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking more like a, a game show host, you know, where you r- ring bells and it's like an extended session of Jeopardy. I am not an entertainer. 
I know that. I've I've, I've seen that every day, Hermione. <laughs> I'm the answer to Billy Joel's song. He, he may be just an entertainer. I'm not an entertainer, and so um, and I don't know where I stand at the moment. That's oh what gosh. makes me uncertain and filled with dread. But you know, the thing about the social element too is that it goes against the natural inclination of of adolescence to to rebel against that. And even when you said earlier about the idea of falling a line, falling in line and following the rules, even I bristle at, uh, at the kind of the significance of those terms. And so, yes, there's plenty here to unpack, I think, before we're all said and done. Well, let, let's um, continue this uh, at another time. At another Maybe time. next next week if if you have a, the stomach for it. Yeah, if um, we're not all fired by it. Well, <laughs> I, I have a little advantage on that one. Oh, well, yes. But but I think we're going to be okay. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> Somebody said that about technology once, too. Yeah. So. We're all going to hell. Thank the you, Miller. On, on, on that happy note, let's yes. uh, bid adieu and I'll wish you a happy Saturday and good football watching. And same to you, Hair Dr. Bourgeois. I'll feed a second. I'll feed a hood. <laughs>